G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Dan Flynn from the Australian Christian Lobby, he's the Victorian Director, is joining us. Hello, Dan. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Dan. And I guess you've got the day off. Is that the case? Apart from talking to me? (laughs) What was that? Sorry. Have have you got the day off today? It's a public holiday in Victoria, isn't it? Oh, look, yes, but, you know, politics goes on. And, uh, (laughs) you know, we're we're, uh, it's it's just, uh, yeah, we we have to roll with it, Neil. Well, thank you for uh, taking the opportunity to give us a quick update on some of the things that are going on today. Uh, We often like to check on the political agenda as it looks like it's unfolding for the week and there'll be all sorts of big things happening uh, with the week in uh, federal parliament, uh, federal parliament sitting. Uh, There's going to be lots of discussion again this week on the marriage plebiscite, already headlines in the news today saying that uh, the cost of the plebiscite is much higher than people thought. What are your thoughts, Dan? I think that's highly exaggerated, Neil. Um, I think that the uh, company PricewaterhouseCooper, um, you know, they are supporters of Australian marriage equality, that particular lobby group. Uh, they are supporters of same-sex marriage. And, um, you know, so I think uh, given that they are in this campaign, um, I think that, uh, you know, these, these figures ought to be greatly scrutinised. The other thing I would say is they analyse loss of productivity uh, partly on the basis of people turning up to vote on Saturday. So, um, you know, democracy has a cost, but it's, you know, sometimes just getting someone else to do the basketball run, um, you know, while you go and do the vote. So um, uh, my concern about all of that, Neil, is that um, all this talk about all of the plebiscite is too expensive uh, is all coming from those who are, campaigning for gay marriage and uh, fundamentally I think they don't want um, Australians to have the discussion and they want to silence uh, the voices for traditional marriage. Well it's an interesting point that you make Dan when you talk about lost productivity uh, I guess uh, you know uh, Price Waterhouse can put a figure on that but uh, some of that is going to be plucked out of the air, isn't it? Because, as you say, it is on a Saturday. Uh, while there are a lot of people who do work on a Saturday, uh, we might be talking about one hour on a Saturday where you might give up that time to go and vote. But uh, putting a putting a three hundred million dollar figure on uh, on what that productivity cost might might take just does uh, exaggerate uh, the whole idea of it costing a lot of money to have the plebiscite. Well, I think it does, Neil, and I think people can, um, you know, they can vote on their way to work or their way home or at lunchtime. Uh, there are plenty of polling booths. Um, I really don't think it's an issue. Um, but I think all of this uh, drumbeat about the cost of the plebiscite, that the plebiscite will hurt gay people, um, 
uh, all has a, an objective. Uh, uh, certainly the gay ac- activists uh, intend that uh, the plebiscite never see the light of day and, um, you know, that the case for uh, traditional marriage, which is a good case, um, uh, never gets to be debated. I think there's a genuine... Um, there's a genuine apprehension that traditional marriage will be retained uh, should this matter go to a, um, a plebiscite. Well, you've got a lot of uh, sabre-rattling, haven't you, saying that uh, all of the opinions polls show that Australians will overwhelmingly vote for gay marriage, but then you've got the gay uh, same-sex marriage lobby uh, saying, we don't want the plebiscite. It, it's a, there's a contradiction there, and I guess what the sabre-rattling is uh, that says we don't want the plebiscite and all of these other uh, issues around that, trying to bolster the argument for that, uh, really show that that side of the argument isn't that confident. I, th- I do think that's what it shows. And, um, uh, you know, I think that, you know, we are uh, those who would seek to have the discussion are, uh, are told that we're you know, contributing to bad mental health for, uh, for gay young people, etc., etc. Uh, so um, I-, I think it's important uh, that... Uh, People who hold to a view supporting traditional marriage aren't intimidated out of the debate, uh, and those that want to continue to um, rightly assert that uh, men and women, um, um, that that relationship of marriage, uh, one man, one woman, uh, ought to be um, uh, given that uh, special affirmation by the federal government, uh, that, that that point ought to be able to be um, argued thoroughly my concern, Neil, is that um, people are uh, increasingly unwilling to have a public discussion affirming traditional marriage for fear of being called a bigot uh, and um, uh, being excluded from uh, you know, civil society, basically. Well, we certainly have to have those sorts of discussions and uh, where it gets a little bit combative, uh, that, uh, that is fine and you have to be prepared for uh, what, what might come in uh, a little bit of a battle that goes on there. But at the same time, we don't want to always be reactionary when it comes to this whole issue because we recognise the value of marriage between a man and a woman and, of course, the battle and an emotive battle to actually preserve that definition in law. And, of course, that's not without foundation because there is a tremendous uh, point of distinction on the uh, the wonderful nature of mothers and fathers and what they bring to the family unit, what they bring to the raising of children. You've been focusing on this area too, Dan. Well, that's right, Neil. And, you know, the environment of um, a marriage where you have a mother and a father who who love their children, who love each other, who um, uh, are following a, uh, a design for that relationship um, uh, where they're committed to each other for life, that's a very uh, child-friendly institution uh, and that that institution uh, is naturally very protective of the rights in, of, of children uh, and um, uh, if you uh, redefine marriage um, then uh, you don't have anything that reinforces uh, the rights of the child to both mother and father to those benefits um, and that's you know where we see situations like uh, Millie Fontana, who's a young lady in Victoria uh, here who I've met, uh, and Millie has spoken publicly about uh, the fact that 
growing up with um, her mother and her mother's lesbian partner, she was denied uh, knowledge of or access to her father, and that that just created a massive uh, pain within her, uh, which um, you know she ultimately was able to resolve by having contact uh, with the father. Um, but uh, gay marriage uh, would tell us that uh, her concerns are not valid. Uh, that um, uh, you know to have two mothers is, is equal to having a mother and a father, uh, but it's just simply not the case. Uh, so. Um, uh, children uh, will benefit from um, traditional marriage, and um, you know to, to assert that uh, you know children in a gay uh, couple situation they will benefit from uh, gay marriage uh, overlooks the needs of those children to actually know both mother and father. Dan. There's plenty more to be said about that whole issue of same-sex marriage and will no doubt be continuing more discussion through the week here on 2020. Other issues, though, that are uh, on the agenda, the Infant Viability Bill, now this is right in your neck of the woods uh, in Victoria, is there a new development or whereabouts is that Infant Viability Bill up to? There is a bill in Victoria, Neil, that's one of the most exciting um, uh, bills nationwide. This would be one of the first pro-life bills in decades. Uh, what this bill provides is that um, children in the womb uh, post-20 weeks who are viable, who could be, um, you know, they clearly have a heartbeat, uh, they can be delivered and uh, sustained, uh, that those children should be um, allowed to live. Uh, so this bill, uh, which will be um, uh, launched in the Upper House in Victoria in March, uh, the bill will provide that uh, post-20 weeks abortion will not be uh, permitted and it will provide that women who are in a distressed, pregnant women post-20 weeks who are in a, in a distressed state be referred to uh, appropriate services or counselling uh, to enable that pregnancy to continue. Uh, if there's some medical emergency for the mother uh, and that baby needs to be delivered, then uh, the baby uh, will be delivered, the pregnancy can be, um, um, you, you know, there can be an early delivery, uh, but with the intent to keep the baby alive. Um, and uh, all infants born after 20 weeks uh, will uh, be required uh, to be given appropriate medical care uh, and uh, with a view to, um, you know, maintaining their life. So um, I think what we're doing here, Neil, is uh, um, connecting with many people who are pro-choice, uh, but say, boy, there is a point where uh, that child is simply so human, um, I feel uncomfortable about abortion. Um, but of course, Neil, um, um, you know, certainly um, the Australian Christian Lobby and the pro-life movement in Australia is pro-life for all stages of pregnancy. Uh, but this reform really uh, seeks to uh, tap into what is um, you know, common ground uh, or widespread concerns about late-term abortion. Well, Dan, it's a clever, it's a creative, it's an innovative bill. And as you say, uh, the most exciting thing for decades when it comes to those abortion laws in Victoria. Just quickly, before I let you go, Dan, uh, any developments on that Safe Schools program? Because late last week, the report was due to be completed. Uh, nothing's been released about that yet. Uh, any update on the Safe Schools program? I assume that the report has been provided um, and... You know, we don't know what the outcome of that is. We will shortly. Um, but I, I think that 
Neil, your listeners have every reason to be concerned about the Safe Schools uh, Coalition. Um, if one does a, a search under the words Safe Schools Gender Fairy, uh, you'll see Safe Schools, which is uh, funded by the federal and state parliaments, promoting a book called The Gender Fairy, asking, is this book in your library? And then uh, it contains this byline. Only you know whether you are a boy or a girl. No one can tell you. And that uh, information uh, is presented to four-year-olds. So Safe Schools Australia, funded by the federal government, is promoting a, a message to four-year-olds uh, that only that no one can tell them whether they're a boy or a girl. And that uh, level of gender confusion is a form of uh, cultural Marxism, in my view, uh, is an ideology that is intended to um, damage the minds of our children. Uh, it's got nothing to do with um, uh, bullying or anti-bullying, um, but it is um, an overly sexualised content uh, that, that our parents should be rightly concerned about. Wow. Well, I suppose that parents could, in fact, make a telephone call to their school where their, chair, where their children are attending... Uh, or the schools in their area to find out if libraries actually have that book because it is a point of contention, isn't it? Uh, now it's called Absolutely. the gender, the gender the, fairy. The gender fairy. The gender fairy. So you could ring your uh, local school; they'd put you Correct. through to the library, and uh, the librarian would be able to tell you if that contentious book actually is on their bookshelf. Uh, yes, and uh, you know they, they, they are likely to find it there uh, if they're ringing a primary school in Victoria. Uh, and that's a great concern. Mm. Um, and, what, you know, I think one of the most difficult elements of this, again, is that um, if we question elements of the Safe Schools Coalition program, um, like that gender fairy information or uh, that uh, boys who think uh, the girls can use girls' toilets um, uh, or that boys can wear girls' uniforms if they feel like they are transitioning to a girl... If you criticise any aspect of that, the uh, current um, political narrative is that you are contributing to uh, gay youth suicide, that you are hateful, uh, and you know there is a, a view that is abounding that uh, the Safe Schools Coalition um, information should not be tampered with whatsoever, and um, that even to have the review that you spoke of, Neil, is damaging and hateful. So this is the... Um, uh, the level of vitriol uh, that bounds uh, around the Safe Schools Coalition discussion. Plenty more to be said about that through the week ahead too, and particularly when that uh, report is released and uh, whether we uh, will see that there is any sort of change to that program or whether the funding for that program will be withdrawn, as so many uh, Christian commentators have been calling for. Dan Flynn, ACL Director, the Australian Christian Lobby uh, from Victoria. Dan, great getting your insights today. Thanks for your update. Appreciate you being with us on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.